68 teams came to Indy with a dream, but now only two remain. Somebody's going to get their first ever NCAA title on Monday. Plus, baseball's opening weekend had some surprises. And with the NHL now two-thirds of the way through the season, the cream is starting to rise to the top. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. Sports, 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 sports. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in-your-face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. What's going on, L.V.? What's shaking, man? Happy Easter, dude. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to our potato heads out there. I'm sure they're having potato salad tonight. Yeah, baby. Liz made some killer, killer, killer mashed potatoes. Hers are the best. Nice. Sweet potatoes, killer uh, mashed potatoes, couch potatoes. We got all the potatoes today. A plethora of potatoes. I like it. Yeah, I don't don't think that's what it's called, but all right. Oh, it's definitely not called a clowder. Clowder of cats. A lot of people probably don't know that that's what it is. A, cow, a pack of cats is called a clowder. Well, now they right. know. <sighs> oh, oh. Yeah. spilling again. Ice cold beer on a Sunday evening. Oh, I like it. Masterful. Mine too. Wow, what a weekend, dude. What a weekend for sports, though. Yes, it's Easter, but there's there was some uh, finally some fun, 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 fun games to watch this weekend. And uh, definitely the NCAA tournament. That's going to be exciting to talk about. We're going to talk some baseball today, right? And you, you got some hockey on the docket. Yes. Season's starting to wind down here. Teams are starting to kind of separate themselves. So, yeah. yeah. It's looking good. Thing, First things first, though, we do have to quickly talk about my golf game. Oh, you have one? So the last two rounds have probably been the best rounds I've played in a very long time, which, you know, what are you going to do? So I know none of my potato fans care about my golf scores, but Steve does, and Steve lost to me both times. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Even with his cheating. He didn't cheat. He didn't cheat. I did have to correct him once. You know, he did say, oh, I got a seven. I said, oh, not gotten the penalty. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I got an eight or something like that. But he tried to call me out a couple of times, but we, you know, walked through each of my shots. I said, remember this one, that one, this one. That's my score. He went, that still feels like a, you know, you got more than that. I'll say, dude, see, I got an eight. It still feels like you got a nine. So, Wow. So what'd you end up shooting? Uh well that's gonna that's embarrassing because it's still a shitty score. Oh the first the first day I shot a ninety seven and she he shot a one oh five. Okay, you crushed him. Nice. And the second day I shot a one oh one and he he shot a one oh seven, I believe. Ooh. So yeah. Those are 
Perfect scores for the Mediocre Golf Association. Even better, though. Even better. So we went and we played at a golf course in Dallas area. So those potato heads in Dallas area might know this area. It's called Buffalo Creek. Really nice course. Looked online. Cost about 70 bucks to play there. Walk up. I pay my bill. And the girl says, it'll be $36. I thought, wow, sweet. Must be because it's Friday afternoon. It's not a weekend rate. I was probably looking at the wrong rate. No big deal. At the end of the game, I said, boy, that was some really that was a good golf course and a hell of a great price. And, of course, Steve's like, yeah, well, 70 bucks is still pretty high. And I went, 70 I only paid 36 So I look at my receipt. I got the senior discount, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. All because I got my big old white beard and Steve had shaved his beard before we went. He got the regular rate. I got the senior rate. Oh, Wow. Which I looked online and it's over sixty. So apparently I look over sixty. <laughs> you probably do. Works, works for me, baby. I'll take it. Oh <laughs> yeah, for so that price. Hopefully we don't have any. Hopefully we don't have any uh, couch potatoes over at Buffalo Creek. Well, maybe, then, maybe at some point when we start uh, broadcasting. Well, not broadcasting, but talking about the uh, mediocre golf association. Once we get that rolling, maybe there will be somebody, but they won't hear it this time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, that's enough of your crappy ass golf. There you go. I didn't even play, so I guess that's good. So first and foremost, uh, yeah, the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure you were rooting for Houston and Gonzaga. Yeah, yeah that one kind of sucked. That was my champion, and you know they got a great defense. Yeah, but they did not show it in the first half. Baylor just blew them up in the first half. And uh, I think overall, Baylor ended up shooting over 50%, which is something Houston was good at throughout the season. Um, you know, having control of the defensive side of the ball. Um, but Baylor got great bench play. Uh, Mayer and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. He's got a really, really uh, interesting name. It's like Tachawa catchy or something like that yeah i know i know one of our potato fans steve always jokes you guys need to figure out the names before you get on but i don't know how to pronounce that name um but yeah they jumped out they were up by 20 something at half, i think 25 at halftime and it just you know houston tried to make a game of it in the second half but it was just too big a mountain to climb um you know and allowing 50 percent to shoot into a team like baylor actually watching the baylor play and gonzaga to be quite honest with you it Scratch my head to think that how could I have even picked against either of these two teams because they're very, very, well, very good basketball teams. I mean, Houston did lose, you know, 59-78 to Baylor, but that UCLA-Gonzaga game, that was a pretty good game. Oh, that that a pretty good game. Dude, that's, that, that's, that's probably going to go down as one of the greatest games of all time. Just, you know, part not, not just necessarily because of the finish, yeah, I mean, Jalen Suggs, that was a phenomenal, you know, ending to this tournament, especially when you look back and you think, yeah, there were a lot of upsets, but there weren't, you know, just a whole bunch of defining moments in a lot of those games. Yeah. Um, this sort of, you know, the fact that Gonzaga has been such a juggernaut. I mean, all year long, they've beaten all their opponents by double digits. That's pretty damn impressive. You're undefeated, and every team you've played, you've beaten by double digits, except for one. I think it was like game two or three against, I want to say West Virginia. They beat them by like five. Yeah. Right. So beyond that, they have just 
manhandled, beating the shit out of people, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to have a team like UCLA come in, um, you know, riding in on the 11 all seed and uh, number, number 11 in their bracket, um, to come in and push these guys to the brink and, you know, send that game. And, and, the, and the funny thing was, interesting thing about that end of that game is, you know, that charge, right? That yeah. Timmy. Timmy! Timmy! Timmy yeah, 38 um, minutes played. 25 points. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he took it. You know, a lot of people were like, ooh, quote-unquote, controversial. You know, he got his feet set. He got himself outside of the circle, so he wasn't in, you know, he wasn't underneath the basket. And I think had, you know, Juzang maybe gone and, like, just shifted his feet one way or the other and came off the hip, that he probably, it probably would have been a body foul on Timmy. Yeah. But the fact that he went straight into him and and just drove right through him, they couldn't, there was nothing they could do but call that. He literally, it wasn't, it was close, but I think it was the right call. They're they're going to say "quote unquote" controversial, but I think it was the right call. Yeah, I really do. You're absolutely right. I mean, this game went into overtime, eighty-one, eighty-one final, going into overtime. That's pretty impressive. UCLA mm-hmm. number eleven seed, twenty-two and ten going into the game. I don't know, dude. Everyone probably thought this would be a blowout. It really wasn't. There, UCLA's yeah, got I, some really good players. We'll probably. You know, keep an eye out for uh, what is it, Juzang? It's probably NBA belt. Juzang. Um, it was a good game by uh, uh, Jacquez Jr. He's the one that hit the three pointer. Yep. Um, and then uh, Juzang was the one who laid it up with three seconds left, and then it just set the stage for uh, you know Gonzaga's heroics to win that one. So you it looked like they were going into a double double overtime. I mean, to me with. Um, I think we had a you know five point no in them. I mean, it just felt like okay, you know, yeah, there it was close, but great job, way to hang in there, UCLA. But this is gonna Gonzaga's year; they're the juggernaut. And bam, they score five points and and force that force that uh, crazy last shot. I mean, it was it was pretty exciting. That was probably. I mean, again, I, mean, I haven't watched a ton of the the, the tournament. Always been kind of going back and looking at the replays and everything. Um, but that was definitely a fun game to watch. And that Gonzaga team, though, those guys are crazy, man. They are they are crazy good. Yeah, crazy good. And uh, to win it 93-90 in overtime, unbelievable game. Unbelievable. And the one thing about the one thing I also like about this this final four is you had four teams and three of them had not won a title. So Gonzaga has never won. Houston had not won. They'd been to the title game, I believe, in 84. Um, and uh, let's see, UCLA obviously has won, you know, a whole gaggle of them. Yeah. And then Baylor's number one. So you literally are going to have somebody winning their first championship, you know, in, in, and I didn't look to see when the last time that's happened, but, you know, you always have a lot of repeats out there, but it's, it's going to be good to see uh, Gonzaga's looking to try to be the first undefeated champion since I believe Indiana in the seventies back when you and I were probably still sucking our thumbs and wiping boogers on the wall. So that's going to be fun to see if Gonzaga can pull it off or Baylor. I mean, if they can pull together, I it's going to be a fun game. I mean, I think Gonzaga's favored by four points, but this one's going to be one worth watching tomorrow night. So if you got nothing going on, turn it on. Oh yeah. I mean, it's going to be a good game. Can't wait. 
We're not going to look at how we did in our bracket, are we? We'll we, we, we should. We should. So first off, I'm going to start off by saying that I did have Gonzaga and Baylor in the final. Um, yeah, the, you and about 70% of the rest okay. of the country, too. Did you have them? So let me let me call you out on a little something. Oh, right yeah, now. please. Please do. You picked all number one seeds to get to the final. Is that true or no? I don't think so. Did you pick Illinois? Yes. Number one. Did you pick Baylor? For sure. Number one. Did you pick Gonzaga? Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Yeah, but I didn't have I didn't have them playing number one. I think it was Michigan. No. Did you? I got to get to the brackets. Why don't you get to the? Why don't you pull up the brackets? Because my phone is used for the camera action. You pull up the brackets and you tell me who I picked. It doesn't matter what I picked or how I got there. You know what that's called? You know what that's called? It's called choosing chalk. I, I don't watch any basketball. And for me to pick Gonzaga and Baylor, I just had this gut feeling, this instinct. You picked Houston. You know what? Um, shout out to the Kev Dog, which is not your son. Kev Dog. No, different Kev Dog. Yeah, different Kev Dog, Potato Head. He also had Houston and Gonzaga. You thought you were the only one with Houston. He actually had it too. But he also had two other brackets that he's... Losing it. So right now I am currently in first, and I believe the Steve Meister is in second. But never think going to win it all, right? I believe he did. I believe. Yeah, he did. my champ is gone, so I'm screwed. Yeah, you're done. Um. So yeah, you've got Gonzaga. So does Jay Bird and ESPN fan. Yeah. Which is Steve. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, you picked. Um, what do we got here? You picked. Oh, you did pick Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Michigan was number one in the East. So you picked all number ones. Okay, good. <laughs> and I was right half. Half of them, I was right. What does it matter? <laughs> how, about going out on, how about going out on a little limb there? And Why do I need to go out on any limb? Once. What was the final two teams? The two teams I picked. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? Yeah, you were only fifty-fifty. Did you see the score? My score I put down. Ooh, seventy-three to sixty-eight. Um, I know. Well, that's that's going to be the over/under is one sixty. What do you think about that? Come on, we used to live in. Well, you live there now, but I used to live in Vegas. If we were going to go there, would you take Gonzaga minus four and a half and under one sixty? Mm, yeah, I think I would. I would do the one under, yeah. So Gonzaga minus four and a half under one sixty. Yes, I would do okay, that because that's exactly how you picked it. You literally have them winning by five and under one sixty. So I'll take Baylor plus four and a half and the over one sixty. You heard this first on Monday morning couch potatoes. How much money, baby? How much money are we putting on it? Um, let's see. We should do this for a, uh, when are you out again? In May. Right. So, so we should do this for a drink and a gar. Drink and a gar. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a plan. So I've got Baylor plus four and a half over 160. And you've got Gonzaga minus four and a half under 160. All right. There we go. Rock and roll. OMG. So quick little shout out to the NCAA. What kind of cigar? Huh? What kind of cigar? Better be a good one, you bastard. Well, that depends. Are you buying the cigar? Because you might be. <laughs> That's a good point. 
if I got to buy, then it's going to be a freaking whatever piece of shit cigar they have out there. Uh huh. So quick shout if, out. If I, you if, if I win, you got to get you got to get me a Davidoff. There we go. A Davidoff. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I know where to get one at the MGM. So a quick little shout out at the NCAA women's final. Arizona loses to Stanford, number one Stanford, 54-53. What a game. Didn't watch any of it because it was a women's basketball game? No. Because I was spending time with my family on Easter. Yeah. Yeah, but Arizona with a big upset over UConn. Yeah. Who was heavily favored to win. And they knocked out the number one ranked college player. She's a freshman. The first, I believe it's the first freshman to win the Naismith Award, which awards the highest um, uh, for the best player in college basketball. Mm. And I didn't get that name. <laughs> but it's a freshman on UConn. Congratulations to you, Naismith winner. First time a freshman's done it on the women's side of the house. Congratulations. So would that be, let's see here, would that be, it has to be the I McDonald's? It would be Buckner or something B- like Baptiste? that. Baptiste? No. Oh, that's Arizona. Hold on. Uh, it's on Yeah, Bukers. Bukers. There you go. Yeah. Freshman. Sh- freshman, 18 points. Six for six yep. at the line. 40 minutes. Same with Westbrook. 40 minutes. But uh, Williams come in, comes in with twenty points. Well, nevertheless, we've hit. Well, hey, so go ahead. Well, hey, before you go there, so is that it? I mean, you can't. You pretty much can't lose, then, right? You're you won the tournament challenge because if your team wins, so that's got. I be think pretty I, much final. Yeah, I think final standings, right? Yeah, because I think it, it's projected for me to be like fourteen hundred points or something. Fourteen something. Or thirteen eighty or something. Uh, thirteen fifty yeah, as your max. It looks like hmm. Looks like I'm likely gonna drop to fifth place if Gonzaga wins. Uh Jaybird's uh gonna jump up there. So yeah, not a not a good year for the T Dog. But no. congratulations on the win there, L V. And Steve coming in second. And whoever Jaybird is, I don't know if that's Jay Baboonscock or or what. But Baboonscock. Yep. All right, well, I appreciate everyone that uh, joined the tournament challenge for Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Don't forget, we'll be doing this next year and the year after that. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) We'll see. Anywho, uh, let's get into some... This is what you've been waiting for there, T-Dog. You've been waiting this whole spring training for your beloved Cubs to come out of hibernation and play... Some baseball. Mm-hmm. I wish I had an opener for baseball, like a, you know, like the ESPN has, like you know, uh, Wednesday night hockey. We got time to work on that. Yeah, we're let's, gonna let's we're, we got to make that happen. We're let's, gonna make that happen. Let's make that happen. Yeah, you know what? It's so, back, and it's go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So, talk a little bit about your feeling about the Cubs or whatever. Go ahead and let's hear what you got to say. Well, I think overall, I mean, what this is the thing you, you can't you can't you can't sort of react here to the first week, right? A lot of people are like, oh shit, you come out of the first weekend and you're zero and three, and woe is me. Um, but you also can't really be it, seriously. Some of these t- situations where these teams kind of get out of the box hot and they keep they keep rolling, 
And, you know, you've got some surprises out there. I mean, there's some there's some teams which we expected. I mean, the Los Angeles Dodgers and San Diego Padres battle in that West is going to, in my opinion, is going to be epic. I mean, this is going to be... This is going to be fun to watch to see these two teams kind of going at it. It's sort of going to bring back some of the the memories of some of the other team, you know, monster teams going at it, the Boston's and New York's of the world, and um, you know, teams like where you got two great teams at the top of that division. Um, you know, you go back to when the Cubs actually 2015, I think, when when the Cubs won, um, I want to say 97 games, 98 games, and they finished in third, right? This is what you're going to see at the top of that West, San Diego and Los Angeles. The Dodgers out to a, a hot start. They lost their first game, but they've won three in a row. San Diego with all the additions they had with you, Darvish, and um, you know several other uh, free agents that they brought in there through or through trades. You know, I mean Blake Snell. I think he's going to be a great addition to that team. That's going to be fun to watch out there in the West. And Kevin's super excited. My son, big Dodger fan, so he can't wait to for this season to go. Um, but he used to hate the Giants, but now he's become a Padre hater because everybody keeps saying how they're going to be, you know, potentially knocking the Dodgers down off the pedestal. Um, you know, but, you know, again, and, and then teams like Houston, you know, Houston expected to really do well this year. They're off to a hot start, a really uh-huh. good start. They're crushing everybody. Um, Philly, same thing. But some surprises. I mean, you got Baltimore out to a fast start over there in the American League East. You know, they're they're undefeated thus far through the weekend. Um Great job by the pitching staff. Um, Atlanta, who was expected to do well, is struggling to score runs. They've scored three runs in three games. Yeah, That's not going to get it done. Um, and, you know, before we get to the Cubs and Sox or, and the Rangers, I mean, we, of course, have to have a freaking COVID situation, right? I mean, Washington and New York had their, their series canceled. Mm-hmm. because of COVID. So right off the bat, like we couldn't even get out of the first damn weekend without COVID rearing its ugly friggin' head, right? Um, so it just, now granted, you know, baseball, this is a long season, right? They yeah. don't go through this entire thing. You had 162 games that they play. Yeah, There's only so much wiggle room in there for double headers and things like that. So it makes you wonder how will these will baseball actually get through all 162 games? It's mm. going to be tough to tell, especially considering we haven't even got out of the first weekend and we didn't get all our games in. That's true. You know? So that's the part that just kind of – I really was hoping for a smooth takeoff here. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there getting vaccinated. I know that states are reopening and limit, you know, raising restrictions and things like that. And people are really kind of tired of COVID. You know, you got that COVID hangover. People are like, let's just, you know, kind of get back things back to normal. Uh, But of course now you've got cases rising again and things like that. And it makes you wonder if baseball can sustain um, and get through the season. And uh, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, we've got our local teams, me and you, big Chicago fans, love the Cubs, love the White Sox. We're going to talk about the Texas Rangers because they're down here in Dallas. Yeah. I don't know who else did this, but the Rangers actually had full capacity game one. Really? Full capacity. They, 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 I mean, Biden even brought it up and, and you know how he was like thinking they're going to, he's saying that they made a mistake. Full capacity game one uh, for the Rangers. Um, and then they said uh, yeah. they were going to do so- social distancing and shit like that after that. I don't think there's a single ballpark here that, besides Texas, that has done. What did Houston yeah. do? 
I, I'm not sure. I, I I meant to kind of do a little more check and see who else did that. But when I re- when I heard about that, uh, you know, on the radio, I'm thinking, wow. I mean, that's the that's no, that's pretty impressive. That, it's interesting on how and and look, I'm also got the COVID fatigue going at the same time. I get it, but it's interesting how you sell that logic. All right, how do you sell logic that we're going to pack the stadium? Full of people, but starting the following game, we'll we'll go with restrictions and have you know two or three seats in between. And blah, oh, blah, really? Blah. Oh, so, okay. So they started the yeah. game. Wow. Yeah, the first game of the season, they said they were going to do capacity, you know, for the home opener, and then after that, they'll do those things. And so it just yeah, it seems I, either either backwards. do it or don't. In my opinion, right? I mean, I I okay, fine. You guys want to say we're going to have everybody there? Everybody just you're responsible for yourselves. Keep your mask on. Wash your hands, sanitize all that stuff. Okay, then do it, but don't half-ass it. Don't either either allow capacity or don't. Don't do this where you allow it for one game and not the other. That doesn't make any damn sense to me. That's a head scratcher. Which but game they were, were they playing? Kansas City. Yeah. Okay, which, so they you know, were on. They were on the, the shit out of them, but yeah. Okay, but so they were on the road. So it was Rangers at the Royals. So was it Kansas City that opened up? No, it's te- oh, were they on the road? Yeah, Texas was okay. Well, then it's it's their their home opener coming up tomorrow. Then okay, I was going to say their home opener tomorrow. Yeah, Rangers Rangers uh, got crushed fourteen to ten against yeah, Kansas City baseball. But as expected, I mean their pitching is just brutal. Um, so okay, it hasn't happened yet. But regardless, I mean it's still the the plan is for them to have full capacity. Yeah, Texas get well. They did get their their first win today. Seven to three yeah. against Kansas City, and then tomorrow, yeah, I mean, they're yes, they're at home against yeah, the Blue the Jays. Home so the home opener's coming tomorrow, and you know they're going to be they're <laughs> they're going to open one hundred percent capacity. And it's funny, one of the things I did here, which you know again didn't make too much sense to me, um, was somebody said, "Well, then they're basically to become the test case, you know, for for is quote unquote is this going to work." And it made me think back of your mayor, yeah, in in, in Vegas, La, Las when Vegas started yeah. saying like, "Oh, you know what? We'll be the the test. Let's just keep everything open, and we can well, just test." She <laughs> or something like no, that. no. You're right. You're right. Right. You're right. Um, mayor Goodman. So she sits there yeah. and says, "We'll be the guinea pigs. We'll take the we'll take guinea pigs. Yes, right. We're, we'll be the guinea right. pigs." Wait, but she says it like this, but we. We'll take the uh, placebo. <laughs> we'll, we'll be the ones that do the placebo. So basically, she didn't even want to take the, you know, whatever the shots or whatever. She just wanted the uh, in Vegas to have the placebo. That way, you know, is it really going to hurt us or not? Who knows? You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm looking at your uh, the Texas Rangers uh, website through ESPN, and this is the official Texas Ranger website, and I don't see anywhere on here of a full season start but that no, doesn't they're 100 capacity i no, i hear you I'm, I'm not denying that i'm just i think it's interesting though that it's not it's not it's not even talked about latest news there's you would think that would be part of the latest news yeah and second off they're going to be playing a team from canada which is the teams is it's not the issue, really. I mean, the teams are really not the issue. 
they're getting their COVID swabs. They're they're being tested. You know, they're they're going to find out if they are positive or co- positive or negative for COVID day of the game, and they're going to play the game. And Canada's going to play the game. The interesting part, and I would like to see the Texas, um, I guess Dallas area's uh, COVID numbers fourteen days after the fact from that opener to see if there is any type of increase in COVID. Well, and there therein lies the test, right? I mean, for them, yeah, you know, they're not doing it to be the test, but inherently that you are afforded that by the fact that they're actually going in this direction. So again, my main point for even bringing that up was just what's with the opener, unless you truly are doing a test, which makes no sense. We already know that close proximity of somebody who's ill is raises your potential. Of course. So I don't, so that part just, it it just didn't make any sense to me. I'd almost respect them more if they said, look, you know what? We are going to move forward. This is the decision we made and we're sticking by it. Not, after our opening day, we want to do it, but you know we'll go back to have special seating after that. I don't know. It's a head scratcher for me. It is. We'll see how it plays out. Um, the Rangers, you know, are going to be not a good baseball team. You know, they've got some horrible pitching. They've got some things, some work cut out for them this year. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out. But nonetheless, well, speaking of horrible pitching, I think the White Sox have some pretty. They got to figure. I mean, it's early. It's early. Like I said, don't overreact. It's always easy to overreact early. Yeah, no, I'm not overreacting. John Mandala is overreacting. I'm not. He probably will. He probably will. No, he is. I've seen his <laughs> posts. And so right now the White Sox are playing Anaheim. They're they've in the series, it's a four game series this week, this weekend, and they are losing uh two to one uh against the Anaheim Angels. Not the score, but the series uh score. So they've they've got one win. The White Sox do. And they should have had two wins if they didn't have their middle relief top of the eighth guy come in. I mean, they they get the heart of the order and they're going after um Mike Trout and he gets them. And then it was uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh what? Hits. Hit. Home run. <laughs> Upton last night's game uh, just nuts one over the wall. And next thing you know, so the Sox were up 3-2 to two going in the top of the uh, bottom of the eighth. And there was a couple of hits. They got one out, a couple of hits. They changed their pitcher. And next thing you know, there's one on with uh, one out. And Justin Upton just... I don't know. They ended up uh, tying the game up three to three with one on and uh, one out, and Upton just launches one out of the park. Uh, final score, obviously, of the game is five to three. White Sox lose a close one, and Mandela had mentioned uh, in a previous uh, post that hey, look at that the 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 right team won today, and they had won. They beat Anaheim. Um. 12 to 8, I think it was. Well, they crushed him. Yeah. That's the, that's the game that uh, Yermin, Yermin Mercedes had five hits in his, in his. Uh, I don't think it was his first it major is. league game. But is it, was it no, his first it's game? first. First major league game. I know it was his first game this year, but I think it might be his second overall, but he hadn't batted yet. 
Okay. And then he went three for three the following night, which he wasn't even supposed to play the following night, but he got he earned it. Yeah, he earned it. Larusa said so. He played and had another three hits to start off the game. Which so it was the eight for eight. Record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I five five for five. I believe was an all time record to begin with, and then uh, eight of eight. We're talking from the start of MLB. <laughs> We're talking at the beginning of when they started playing and keep keeping stats. Yeah, um, he's the first. Yeah, he's the first player I ever. think in over a hundred years that started f- or had five hits in his first career start. Correct. And yeah. then definitely is the only one that has had eight consecutive hits. Yes, yes. He, they pr- finally cool. they finally got him out with a pop up, but even the Anaheim Angels were standing ovation. I mean, you have to you you know you witness you witness history last night, even though it was a five to three loss. You witness you witness history because it's never happened in MLB. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a really great start for that kid, and I'm happy to see, I'm happy to see him do well, but. Ah, man, your bullpen, man, your bullpen is, is and that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I was alluding it with a mandala. So mandala says, you know, he's like, Hey, your bullpen, you know, they give up eight and watch out. You got to score 12. And I said, Hey, I go, we didn't, we didn't give up eight last night. Our bullpen did pretty good. We only gave up five. Really. We only gave up three. So, yeah, I mean, you just need that bullpen to get to, to take the starters to Hendricks if you want the White Sox to have, oh yeah, have any success. Which that's the that is the game plan. Let's just see if that's how it works out for him. Yeah, and right now the uh, Anaheim Angels just scored one in the bottom of the fourth, so it's three to nothing. Uh, Shohani, is it Shohani? Shohei Otani. Thank you. Shohei Otani had his first. Uh, he's pitching today's game, so he throws the fastest. Uh, a ball in MLB for this season at 100, I think it was 102, or no, 101, or something like that, whatever. And then he goes and hits a home run uh, 115.2 miles an hour out of the park. I mean, he just crushes it. Uh, the fastest uh, fastest hit ball ever, as soon as they started doing stack casts. So as soon as they started doing it, so it's been, I don't know how many years it's been, they've been doing stat casts. So they would tell you, you know, how fast the pitch was in and how fast it left the bat. And uh, 115, I think it was 115.2, which is the fastest in Angels history, uh, beating Mike Trout's 115. Nevertheless, the White Sox, who generally play pretty well against Anaheim, uh, aren't playing so well. And I have a little snippet, you know, uh, this was uh, April 3rd's game. I gotta play this here. Let's uh, let's cue this one up. There's a high in the sky through the Orange County night, and Luis Robert has it bounce off his glove. Throw it to the plate, hits the mound, and this pinball machine gives the Angels a run. So, oops. The- oh, pause. There we go. So basically, it didn't hit off his glove. It hit off the top of his head. So it bounced off his glove. It was a high ball. Jose Canseco style, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, this one went farther. I mean, hell, I mean, he's got a hard noggin. It, it went at least 30 feet to the left. Well, Canseco's bounced over the wall for a home run. Correct. So I think that's even that's even more embarrassing. 
But Tim Anderson but was calling him off. Tim Anderson was calling him off. And but he is the he is it was in the outfield and it is his call. It is his choice to make. And unfortunately, light something got in the way. It it, it ricocheted off his the back of the side of his glove, hit him in the top of the head and bounced to the left. Yeah, of course, uh, yeah. Well, they had a runner on first, and that that was last yeah, night's makes, game. Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder if Eloy Jimenez was out there, would you be having those problems in the outfield? That's true. You're missing your boy. Yep. That and is. you bring up you brought up Otani. I'll tell you what. That, that, that he's going to be interesting to watch because obviously with the T. John injury, he has not pitched a lot over the last couple of seasons. I think he's only got maybe eight or ten starts or something under his belt. Yeah. Um, because of Tommy John and being the two way player, I I thought when they had him pitching that they didn't have him in the lineup. It was their way of trying to kind of give him some relief, you know, keep him concentrating on pitching for that game. You bring up Otani, right? Yeah. And he is going to be really fun to watch this year because this is, this is the year I think where the angels are truly going to see is this two way player, situation going to work in today's baseball, right? He hasn't been able to pitch much over the last couple of years because of the Tommy John surgery. Um, He's a tremendous hitter, right? He's a great pitcher, but is he great? Can he be great at both, right? And I think it's going to be interesting if they can, you know, pull this off. And you said he's, you know, he's pitching in in the game right now. Also being, I think, a little surprising. thought the Angels, the way they were going to handle him was to have him not hit, have somebody else DH when he's actually on the mound to have him concentrating on pitching. I believe that's what they did previously for him. Um, so this is a take, you know, the way they're going to handle him this year, it apparently is, look, you're going to be in there. You are going to be Major League Baseball's workhorse. You're going to pitch, you're going to hit, and you're going to hit even on days you pitch, which, again, pitchers do that, right? It's not yeah. that big of a deal, but that's not how they were handling before. So, um, this is going to be fun. It'll be it, it, I, what they're probably going to do is, you know, give him a day off after he pitches, right? Give him a break, have him sit, not actually DH. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I think it's really going to depend. But it, this, he's going to be one you're going to want to watch this year, Ron. And whether this two way type player is that if he's really going to be able to make it happen? Because when he sprung onto the scene, that was everybody's. You know, everybody wanted to see that, right? Oh so, yeah, everybody. It's going to be fun. Well, he, um, I've, I think I've got that clip right here. Let me play that. First pitch swinging. Oh, and first pitch crushing! Oh, man! Lean into it! Man, so as you can hear, couch potato fans, potato heads, Tani absolutely blast one out into right field yeah i mean he's a great hitter it's just whether you know this that's going to work in today's game so we'll have to see and it looks like this is how they're gonna they're gonna handle it they are gonna make him a everyday all around whether you're pitching batting whatever the case may be um he can play the outfield so i'm sure he's gonna want to ask you know whether they'll do that or not you know he's gonna want to get out there and play some right field um so it's going to be fun. Well, Tani is the first starting pitcher to bat in the top two spots in the order since Jack Dunleavy hit second for the Cardinals on September 7th, 1903. 
So it's been a while. It's been a it while. Is. And Dunleavy won 0 for 4 at the plate while allowing 7 runs and 12 hits in a complete game loss. Um, I think Otani, he's probably, he, hell. I mean, right now they're up 3 three nothing, I believe. He's got a good chance. It is the bottom of the fourth. Uh, let's see here. Looking, looking. It is the bottom of the fourth. So, you know, we'll see if he can hold the shutout or not. And they're playing in Anaheim, right? Correct. They're playing in Anaheim right now. There is, there's two outs right now. Um, Adam Eaton is up at bat with a runner on third. So they might be able to get one in. But right now, uh, Otani, Otani? Otani is uh, 4.2 innings pitched so far with no earned runs at this present time. But he's a sight to be seen. We watched him. Me and the boys went to Anaheim two years ago or maybe three years ago. We did go and check out a White Sox game out there, and Otani was hitting. He wasn't pitching in the game, but he was hitting. Man, he's he's a tall guy. He's a big guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. So... Pretty impressive stuff. So let's get to your beloved. We're done with the Sox right now. Right now, oh, right now, Adam Eaton did get on on base. So runners at first and third with two outs, and Abreu is at bat. So we'll see what happens, folks. We'll keep you in the loop after the fact when you're finally listening to this podcast, my friends. Well, the Cubs, they crawled out, uh, got them, clawed them their way to a couple of wins over the last two. So two and one out of their first three against a Pirates team they should beat, right, um, on paper anyway. But, you know, the Cubs are doing it somewhat as expected. Uh, their hitting is suspect at best. I mean, they, they may, they struck out 25 times this weekend. Um, that's ugly. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you know they, they're hitting. Uh, they're hitting about a buck fifty-eight, somewhere in the range of how much I should weigh, and I'm way over that. Um, you know, so it's it's the strikeouts, although expected to be kind of up there, um, still a little surprising to see. You know, some of these guys, Wilson Contreras, with six strikeouts in, in nine at bats. That's that's not good. You don't want to see stuff like that, especially when. Um, you know, David Ross is experimenting with him at the top of the order. And that's yeah. the one thing this team, we talked about this, Ron, when we were talking about uh, spring training, that this team is lacking is a true bona fide leadoff hitter. Right? Yeah. We just don't have, we just don't have that contact guy with speed that's going to slap the ball the opposite direction, um, get to second base, turn singles into doubles with stolen bases and things like that. Um, we, we just don't have that. And, you need a spark plug like that at the top of the order if you really want to be successful, in my opinion. So it's it's tough to see the Cubs not address that situation. Yeah. Um, but pitching-wise, this is where it gets a little interesting, right? I mean, they had the professor on, on uh, opening day on the mound, uh, uh, Kyle Hendricks, and did not pitch great. Mm. Um, you know, obviously – the Cubs starting pitching a lot of interesting changes, right? They traded, um, traded Darvish over to San Diego. You know, they made some moves. They bring in, they got Zach Davies in there who, by the way, I don't know if you've seen Zach Davies. He looks like he's like 12 years old. He doesn't even look like he belongs out there. Okay. Um, but he pitched well today. I mean, not terrible. Um, 
He went over five innings, uh, only gave up a couple of earned runs. I think I think he ended up winning the game. He, he qualified for the victory. Um, and Jake Arrieta, back in the saddle on the yeah. north side yesterday, six strong innings, um, didn't give up a home run, which is nice to see from Arietta. And, you know, five strikeouts. I think he only walked one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're taking it easy on the pitchers early on, you know, all over baseball simply because of the strike shortened se- or strike short. I keep saying that. The COVID shortened season. Um, you know, you don't really know what you got. I mean, there's some teams that are doing six man rotations, uh, simply to kind of limit the guys down to maybe more in the 27, 28 outing range instead of the 33 to 34 that they would typically get. So you're going to see teams doing all kinds of different things this year with the pitching staff to sort of keep arms healthy, you know, ensure that you got your guys strong towards the end. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see teams just very, you know, do different things throughout the year. You know, go with sure. a six-man rotation now, maybe do a five-man. Uh, you might see a team that's got strong starting pitching at five, maybe trade for a guy, and instead of moving a guy out of the rotation, go to six, you know, towards the middle of the season to, for the, the stretch run. So it'll be interesting to see how teams play that out. But um, Cubs pitching coming in or coming out of the weekend, uh, really only uh, one hiccup from uh, from the bullpen, and that would be Rex Brothers, who, who struggled a bit, gave up four hits in uh, his two outings and a couple of runs. But overall, uh, you know, you can't be too upset about how things have gone. I mean, let's face it, dude. Craig Kimbrell went two innings through the weekend, struck out five, no walks, no earned runs, no hits. If he can pitch like the mm-hmm. old Kimbrell, yeah. then – you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's again, it's just the, it's still it's the Pirates. <laughs> so let's not, you know, let's not get too crazy. Like I said, you, you can't overreact in the first weekend um, of baseball. But it's fun to see the Cubs get the wins, get some wins uh, under their belt early. Uh, they're going to have a lot, a big microscope under them this year. There's no question about it. And a lot of that's going to have to do what's going on off the field. You know, no question with. You know, big. There are three big guys right now with no contract. I mean, uh, Anthony Rizzo shut down contract talks with Jed Hoyer and the Chicago Cubs because he does not want to talk about it during the season. They could not get a deal done. Hoyer, of course, says, of course, said our door is going to be open. Um, But Rizzo, you know, the chance of the I I think the Cubs are really rolling the dice right now, and they're going to see how good they're going to be. And this is a this is the double edged sword that they're playing. Because if Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant are all really, really good, or some combination of them, and lead you to success, what are you going to do? Right? You're not going to trade them, which means you have to ride the season with them, and it's just going to cost you more money at the end of the year to lock them up. Yeah. Now, if they are do any combination of them are doing well, and you're not doing good as a team which is part of the company, they got high, they got high value and you're going to trade them at mid season and get something to build for the future. That's probably one scenario that would be best as far as the background, you know, as far as what the Cubs do uh, for the books and everything else, or these guys suck and you suck and their Mm -hmm. value is low. So you're not going to get much back for them in return. Yeah. She the cu- team that's trying, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, the Cubs. It's ha- not. I just. I, what I was going to say is, I just cannot understand why they didn't at least lock up one of these guys, preferably Rizzo. You know, you don't have to give him Goldschmidt type money, but give him 
he is certainly a guy that you could have given four years somewhere in the 80 to 90 million dollar range you know he's not going to get 130 million which i think with goldschmidt got over five years he's yeah. not there no but he but he should be damn close maybe i would i'd give the guy five years 100 if he would take it you know, I, but there, I don't know, dude. It's just, it just boggles my mind. So the Cubs are going to be under that microscope all year. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Otani just uh, threw a wild pitch. Bases were loaded, and uh, Leroy Garcia just scored. So it's three to one, Chicago, top of the fourth, with Mancata uh, up, who uh, has two balls and a strike against him. So Chicago <laughs> baseball play, play. Well, I'm gonna give you a heads up because I'm hoping that I can hear Laurel fly by. You know, hopefully I can like you're, say you, something like that. You're gonna put our potatoes. You're gonna put our, put our three balls in a strike right now, like, boys. Uh, uh, opening pitch. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, let's and put them to sleep. Ball. So, anyways, beach ball on the field. Beach balls. I how boring this game really is. Right, that's it. That's again. okay. Let's, let's have a but. This buds for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello again, everybody. Harry Carey here. Oh, it's getting it's getting dangerous, man. We're doing here. <laughs> Shit, I almost I almost sounded like a little mix between Euchre and Carey. I'm sure that's the shittiest Harry Carey impression I've ever done. Mandala, I don't give a shit. Don't don't be bashing me. I know that was a pretty bad Harry Carey, but whatever. Well, we're, we're you know, delirious. Let's let's move on from baseball. Let's talk some hoppy ho- hoppy hockey. Poppy, there you go. Can you can you uh, delete that? Can you take that out of the podcast? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we have, man, we have a really interesting, you know, games that have been played. We'll start off with the Central. Who would have thought that Florida would be bringing in six game win streak? The Panthers. Right now, They're coming and, alive at the right time. No, man. They were like in fourth place. Nobody cares. Third or fourth place. People care. Nobody. Mandala cares if we're talking about the central. Chicago has lost two in a row. They are in fifth place. They are right outside the playoffs. Uh, Nashville. uh, so, So far, Chicago has 39 points total with 39 games played. And Nashville has 41 points with 39 games played. 56 total games is what is needed to play. So Carolina, who still has 20 games in their hand, they're in third with 51 points. Chicago's got to do something now. They really do. I mean, you still, you, you're still you not going to leapfrog Florida, Tampa, or Carolina. So you have to, you have to leapfrog Nashville. And you played you played two games against them and you lost both of them. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know that they're playing they're not playing better than Nashville right now. I know they're just not. Uh, you know, Chicago's next game. Let's see when Chicago's next game is because they're gonna have to do something. Well, it's against the Stars. They got shut out against Nashville three nothing, and they play the Stars Tuesday and Thursday. That's. They're going to have to start playing Nashville, more Nashville games. I don't know how many Nashville games. I don't think they played many. So they, they would play about nine total games with, against Nashville, and I, I don't know what their their total stats are on that, but you got to win those games. It's a must win. Yeah. And um, 
Carolina, I mean, you're 10 points out. Carolina, Tampa, and Florida, they're locking, their, they're locking in. Uh, Chicago's trying to back their way in or backdoor their way in. I don't know if they could leapfrog Nashville. Dallas got no chance. I, don't, I, I mean, well, they've won two in a row. Dallas have won two in a row, but still, I wouldn't say they have no chance. I mean, 41 well, points is... It doesn't help that Nashville's playing some of their best hockey that they've played all year now. Correct. I mean, they're, yeah. they're playing good hockey right now, so that's that's part of the problem. Chicago's tripping at the wrong time, Yeah. So and Nashville's streaking at the right time. Absolutely. Nashville's 8-2 and two over the last 10. Chicago's 3-7. and seven. Ouch. Yeah, they're 8-2 and two with three of those wins against the Hawks. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, shit. So there you go. I mean, there's, there's your problem, Chicago. And then we jump out to the West, uh, Vegas, finally in second place. They've been in first place since like February 2nd. Uh, they've been winning, losing their five, four and one over the last 10, but Colorado, good golly. That is, that, that is one of the unexpected, uh, not, not unexpected, but definitely, man, they are getting hot at the right moment. They're 8-0-2. They've won four in a row. Their last loss uh, was probably against Vegas or was a tie or something. No, it was a but loss. You said, you said Colorado was going to challenge. Vegas Absolutely, after. yeah. No. And right now they're four points up in the standings. They've, they, they're one game up on Vegas. They've played 37 games. They have 54 points. Vegas has played 36 games, has 50 points. And then Minnesota, uh, Vegas have lost last two games against Minnesota. I don't know. For some reason, Minnesota has, has just had the Vegas number. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vegas, you know, there are, well, first off, Chandler Stevenson is on a three-game suspension for elbowing a player in the head. And it was intentional. And we don't have our guy that's our rough guy. You know, the guy that wants to beat up on everybody, he's pretty much out uh, for now. I haven't seen him in the lineup. Now, I don't know if he's they're tweaking uh, the lineup a little bit or not. Um, but, yeah, I have not seen uh, – what's his face? Um, see, I'm even losing – I'm even losing my um, memory. My memory happens to the best of us. It's all right. But uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights fall to Minnesota two to one in the final game of, of their homestand, which I think they ended up going two and two. Um, I don't know, man. We've uh, some of our friends have been uh, couch potato friends have been at the game. Uh, I know Kevin uh, Kev Dog was at the game. Uh, the other day, I'm sure he had a lovely time watching his team lose. Um, Ryan Reeves, that's the guy. So I haven't seen Ryan Reeves. Obviously, Chandler Stevenson's out. Um, Stone hasn't been playing terribly well. I, there's some guys that could be playing better. Yeah. And there's been guys. Now, our next game is Monday, so it is tomorrow against the Blues. The Blues haven't been playing uh, terribly well over the last uh, few games. They've lost two in a row. They're two, seven, and one. So this might be, you know, the team that we need to play just to get back on. Uh, right now, fourth place is Arizona. So they did creep in. I thought St. Louis would be top four. And they're outside looking in. Minnesota, 
Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, and Arizona, 39 points. St. Louis is only 38 points. San Jose is now up to 38 points. They've won four in a row. So the West is looking, it's getting tighter, which is fine because we could be out in the East. Washington, 7-3 and three over the last 10. They're in first place. And New York Islanders, 6-4 and four over the last 10. They are in second place, two points behind. Pittsburgh, 6-3. and three. Two points behind that. And then you have Boston in fourth place at 43 points. They're 5-4-1. and one. And Philadelphia, who hasn't been playing that well, is 3-5-2. Once again, as I told you, and let's not talk about the, or let's talk about the hapless, you know, Buffalo Bills. They finally got their win. Bills. I mean, Bills. <laughs> Buff, Buffalo. You are, you're hapless. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, right. Buffalo, Sabres. The Sabres. The Sabres. So they have 22 points. They're last in their division, but they got their first win. They're, they had another win a little bit earlier. They had they have one. They're on a winning streak of one. They're 2-6-2 two, two in their last 10, but prior to those two, they were probably 0-8-2. They've been playing pretty horrible. And then we go up to the north. And, you know, just like you were talking about, Tim, about the baseball teams, you know, the baseball games in New York, you know, just starting off baseball, everyone trying to get back to that new norm, even though I hate saying that new norm. Um, COVID hits, COVID strikes. Well, Vancouver got hit with the uh, COVID as well. So the Canucks have not played since March 24th, a 5-1 to one loss to the Jets. Utica, the American hockey team affiliated uh, of Vancouver, has not played since March 10th due to the AHL COVID-19 protocol. The Comets had 10 games postponed through April 5th. And um, there was quite a few, I think, 17 players or people in the Canucks organization that is on uh, COVID protocol. And there was some concern about them having the Brazilian variant because there's been some sick players versus, you know, yes, I test positive, but I feel I feel okay. So they're in fifth place. They're looking out. They're about six points out of uh, fourth place. One through four folks get you into the playoffs. One through four. Get, what are the Blackhawks going to do to get to that fourth spot? Uh, they're going to have to murder That's, somebody. <laughs> Honestly, here's what they need to do. You know, okay. actually, what they what what they need to do. It's is not a goalie score issue. Goddamn power plays. They need to score on their power plays. I think they had a five on three against Nashville. Yeah. I don't think they scored. Well, obviously they didn't score on any of their power plays because they were shut out. But yeah, they had four or five of them and couldn't freaking score. Well, when they're winning, and, and <laughs> yeah, and and if I'm not mistaken, Nashville is the shittiest penny penalty kill team in hockey. How do you do? I mean, how do you do that against the worst penalty kill team in hockey? It's just ugh. well, Chicago has gotten one of their players back that they've uh, let go. So this this just happened uh, April second. Blackhawks acquire Vinny Hinestroza from Florida. So Chicago reacquires the twenty twelfth six round pick Hinestroza in exchange for Brad Morrison, which is fine because Brad Morrison plays for the Ice Dogs. Ice Hogs, excuse me. And Vinny uh, Hinostroza, he played well with Chicago. Um, you know who they're not getting back is Jonathan Tays. 
I think he's out indefinitely now. Do they say for what? Do we know? It's an upper lower body injury. <laughs> it's an it's, inner outer body injury. It's, it's kind a any outy. Who the frick knows? I know it's a it's a out. it's a right left body injury. So, All right then. There you go. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. We, we're gonna see. We're gonna see a little Hinostroza in the game. Hopefully, coming up here. That, sound, that sounds. That sounds like something you put on a pizza. It I'm is his Stroza and mushroom pizza, please. Just saying. Are you just saying? Just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's getting it's getting a little uh Well, as as you said, as you said in the opener, you know, the cream is rising to the top. And so we're going to yeah. start seeing pl- teams that are that need to win, win. Mm-hmm. And teams that can't win, they're just not going to win. I mean, what what I was saying originally for Chicago is they they need they need a defensive player. Hinnestros is not going to be the guy. Uh, they they when now granted they just got shut out but realistically though they're, they're scoring cat uh, uh gets scoring Kaner's helping out there I mean they're getting goals in uh but they got to stop they got to stop allowing goals that's always helpful and I'm sure John Mandala would uh, appreciate that if they had some kind of defensive player uh, come back to uh, help it would you know if Brett Seabrook can didn't get hurt and on the continuous injury list, which now obviously is retired from, um, you know, you've got players that can make points to it's got 19 goals. Patrick Kane's got 36 assists. Patrick Kane's leading the Blackhawks with 49 total points. Duncan Keith still doing what Duncan Keith does. 23, 23 minutes and 34 seconds on ice. Langanen's a 0.918 save percentage. I mean, there are good, there are some good players on the team. They just need to get it together, folks. What you got? I got nothing, man. I got I got ham in my belly. Ready for nine nine. <laughs> Ready for nine nine. Well, well you know, go ahead, bud. No, no, no. Let's you got it. Rock and roll. You have been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. The Monday Morning Couch Potatoes is for general purposes only. Thanks for listening. I'm out of here.